The Presidential Medal of Freedom is an award given by the President of the United States, and it's comparable to the Congressional Gold Medal. It's the highest civilian award given to somebody in the United States. The goal is to recognize people who have made a tremendous contribution to the interests of the United States. And in 1963, Pablo Casales, a cellist and a composer and a conductor from Catalonia, Spain, was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. It was given to him by John F. Kennedy, but it was presided over by Lyndon Johnson at the time. A symphony is an elaborate musical composition for a full orchestra. It's typically done in four movements, and at least one of those movements is a traditional sonata. And Pablo was known for his playing in the recordings of a Bach cello suite that he made in the late 30s. Now, inside of every symphony is a sonata. And the sonata, a definition of that, is a composition for an instrumental soloist. Often they have a piano accompanying the soloist, typically several movements into the orchestra, there will be a sonata where someone will perform a solo. Even today, people still enjoy symphony orchestras. You would think that maybe they're in the decline, but for instance, a quick search shows that the Several years ago, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra raised $17.8 million through donations, and the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra saw their revenue increase up to $8.9 million a year, and that was in 2015 and 2016. So the donations show that individuals will reward and honor the hard work of others. And in the case of a symphony, they reward and honor the hard work, the hours of practice through Presidential Medal of Freedom and also through donations. Honoring the hard work of others. That's the question for today in today's episode. I hear a symphony. Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. I'm Stephen Thompson. I'm a storyteller, historian, educator, husband, father, and a compassionate servant leader who's curious and today I want to have a conversation with you about the best in you. I hear a symphony. Also a 1965 song recorded by the Supremes. That's what I'm focusing on this go-around of the Stephen Thompson experience is the music of the Supremes. And they recorded this for the Motown label. It came out in 1965. It was written and produced by Motown's main production team. That was Holland, Dozier, and Holland. Song became the Supreme's sixth number one hit on the Billboard Pop 100 in the United States for two weeks from November 14th, 1965 through November 27th, 1965. Now, the song obviously is talking about romantic love, and I want to talk about this song in the context of our leadership and in the context of the teams that we lead and using the idea of symphony and sonata and how we build our company culture. I hear a symphony 
Each time you speak to me, I hear a tender rhapsody of love, love, baby, baby, as you stand up holding me, whispering how much you care. The essential question for today is this. Do you honor the work of others? And how can people hear a symphony when you speak to them about the work they do? Do you lead in a way that allows people to do their very best work? And culture is critical to you doing your best work. Let's go back in history and take a look this week at the Fortin sisters. The Fortin sisters were born to one of the most prominent African-American families in Philadelphia. Their father was a a sail maker for boats. His name was James and his wife, Charlotte. And they had three daughters, Margarita, Harriet, and Sarah. Now, these daughters grew up to be active in the abolitionist movement. And they took in part of founding and financing at least six organizations that were dedicated to ending slavery in the United States. And these sisters were educated in private schools and by private tutors. Now, this was in the 1800s. Now, imagine if Margarita and Harriet and Sarah were born in the South, they would have been enslaved. Their father, James and Charlotte, would not have been sailmakers, and they would have never have established their wealth. So it is not an issue of talent and ability. It is an issue of culture. They had the right culture, and in the right culture, they were able to establish their wealth. So let's take a look at these three sisters individually. Margarita, she worked in abolition, and she also worked in suffrage, which was getting women the right to vote. She worked as a teacher for 30 years. She didn't marry. She lived with her parents until she was an adult. She never got married. She took care of her parents, and she took on the responsibility of taking care of her parents into their old age. She worked on the women's rights movement. She toured and gave speeches talking about women getting the right to vote. And she got signatures and petitions. She dedicated her whole life to working for social reform. And she also taught. She taught children until her death of pneumonia in 1875. Her sister, Harriet. Now, she got married. And she married a prominent Philadelphia abolitionist. And they had eight children. And they were wealthy enough to hire a governess who took care of the home. And then Harriet was able to go with her husband to many anti-slavery conventions and to participate fully in the movement. And she also was able to raise her niece. Some of the things that Harriet did is that she was a conductor on the Underground Railroad. And her and her husband became a major force for taking care of fugitive slaves who escaped from the South and then came North. And they were able to help get them into Canada where they would be free. And then in later years also, Harriet worked in the women's suffrage movement, helping women to get the right to vote. Now, 
remember, this is in the 1800s. Women didn't fully get the right to vote to the late to the early 1900s. Third sister Sarah was a writer, a poet, and also an abolitionist. And at the age of 17, she started writing poems and articles in an abolitionist newspaper called The Liberator. And she used a pseudonym, one called Magawiska and the other called Ada. And her poems were read and distributed across the country in the United States. In fact, one of them, called The Grave of the Slave, was put to music and it was played at anti-slavery events. All three sisters formed a group, Female Literary Association, in Philadelphia. And the purpose of that association was dedicated to mental improvement in moral and literacy pursuits of its members. And these were many organizations that Sarah and her sisters started speaking at. And specifically, Sarah, in these organizations, her writing was honored and nurtured. Let me read you a little bit of the poem that Sarah wrote called The Grave of the Slave. The cold storms of winter shall chill him no more. His woes and sorrows, his pains are all over. The sod of the valley now covers his form. He is safe in his last home. He feels not the storm. The poor slave is laid all unheeded and lone, where the rich and the poor find a permanent home. Not his master can rouse him with voice of command. He knows not and hears not his cruel demand. Not a tear, not a sigh to embalm his cold tomb. No friend to lament him, no child to bemoan. Not a stone to mark the place where he peacefully lies. The earth for the pillow, his curtain, the skies. Poor slave, shall we sorrow the death was thy friend? the last and kindest the heaven could send. The grave of the weary is welcome and blessed, and death to the captive is freedom and rest. We look at that situation, and we, again, I'm going to reiterate the point that if the Fortin sisters would have been born in the South, they would have been slaves, and that talent would have never been noticed. And then that poem rang true. That poem would ring true in the lives of many individuals who were talented, but because of the culture that they were in, that talent was never seen. Now, luckily, the Fortin sisters were born into a climate and into a culture that allowed their talents and abilities to thrive. And the Fortin sisters didn't just sit on their gifts and talents, and wealth, they used it to work to alleviate suffering and injustice in society. Now, today, bad cultures are preventable. Christine Lindor wrote an article called People Do Not Create, People Do Not Quit Companies, Managers, or Leaders, They Quit Organizational cultures. Why do we have bad cultures in companies? Well, I could take a guess. Sometimes people think, well, we've got to hold people accountable. And if we don't hold people accountable, then we won't have money. We'll be too nice to people. Well, entrepreneur 
Forbes.com has a great article. It lists 10 companies that doubled, tripled their profits by embracing a positive culture. From the top, the CEOs come in and they decide we are going to establish a positive company culture and those companies thrive. Warren Buffett writes a letter to his shareholders every year. Began probably in 1977 and then he continues on to today. I've read a good portion of these stockholder letters. And in them, time and time again, Warren emphasizes how good management leads to great results and how his job is to get out of the way of the leaders and allow them to lead the organization in a positive way. And when that happens, the culture thrives. Now, don't listen to me. Listen to Warren. He's pretty successful. Whenever you are near... I hear a symphony play sweet and tenderly. Here's the challenge for the week, the symphony sonata challenge. Your team is your symphony, and a symphony has four parts. Part of it is a sonata. The sonata is written for a soloist. Let the soloist play the solo, then honor them. Put down the story that people are trying to steal the show, or people are trying to show off, or they are performing, or they're not playing the part written for them. They need to do what I said to do. They need to get in line and follow the way that I want things done. No. Let them play their solo. You see this? The composer of the symphony wrote the solo into the song. We all have solos written for us by the great composer of the universe in whatever shape or form that takes in your life. We need to play our solos and we need others to play their solos and we need to get out of the way and let them play their solos. Listen to someone today as they play their solo. You see, a symphony is an orchestra with a lot of individuals in it, but it also has that sonata. And that sonata has a part written for a soloist. Go out today. Find somebody in your orchestra, in your team, Listen to them play their solo. Honor them for playing their solo. And watch your culture grow. This is Stephen Thompson, and thank you for being a part of my experience. You know, I'm one man working on a podcast out of my home in Los Angeles, California. And guess what? You can help me out by going to my Patreon page. And I've added some great bonus content to help out with the expenses of this show. Now, this show is always going to be free, but I have some neat items online on my Patreon page that you can have. I've got some of my imperfect art that I've created. I also have the ability to create a podcast for you based upon a song that you like. And I also have some neat gifts some crafting gifts, and also some books that I can give you. A lot of great giveaways that I have on my Patreon page. So look it up and go there. You will find it and help me out. But this show is always going to be free. Okay? So thank you for listening. And I know this. You are a child of the creator of the universe. You have gifts and you have talents that are unique to you. You have your solo that you can play. Play that solo. Play it every week. 
because there are people out there waiting for you to play it and they want to hear you play it and if there's people who don't want to hear you play it put your instrument back in the case and go somewhere else shake the dust off the your feet wash your hands of the haters in your life don't give up your talents just give up the haters Tell yourself the true story, that you are valuable, that you are talented, and go out and contribute. Somebody is waiting for you. See you next week. Stephen Thompson. Bye-bye.